0: Hello again. Uh, this is uh, Jerry Rhodes uh, discussing the American Enterprise Manifesto. Uh, I'm here to announce that that book is being republished by Page Turnard Press in three volumes. First volume will be the American Enterprise Party, uh, the reason why It needs to be done. How it will be done will be volume two and and volume three will be who will do it. Uh, This particular podcast is uh, an excerpt from the volume three. Uh, I'm going to quote from that. I write about who will implement the American Enterprise Party. Hopefully, the answer is it will be by enterprising American workers. But first, we must restore worker patriotism that has been destroyed by apathy and Big Brother control. Restore the American work ethic with humanism. Where, or where has it gone? It, It focuses on improving our output by revamping our input of human capital values. Work for the sake of virtuous patriotic pride, and the quality of life, not just for the sake of money and job security. As for my work ethic, I have owned small businesses for 37 years that I have started from scratch, creating jobs and envisioning envisioning better management systems and methods for principally healthcare facilities. I have never been unemployed, never drew unemployment or workman's comp, and have missed no time for my employment employment in 61 years I have either been extremely lucky or an image of my father. A great common everyday blue collar enterprising American who worked in fire at firestone factory in Des Moines, Iowa for 32 years and even today I remember accompanying my father to Union meetings and being influenced as a factory worker myself when I was employed by Firestone for one summer. Those images were and are the foundation of the work ethic we seem to have lost and the scenario I propose as a solution to the demise of the American work ethic, victim of the new entitlements and big government. As the author of the American Enterprise Party platform, I'm a product of a small patriotic farm community in Iowa that was called God's Little Acre in the 1940s as a totally dry town that even frowned on smoking and most certainly did not condone teen, teen pregnancies or divorces or any divorces. We had no minorities of color or religion to speak of. We were all poor to almost redneck white trash by today's standards but out of that culture grew a common sense and hard work ethic. My dad, for example, was never unemployed, never drew unemployment, never missed work, but went on strike every union contract here at Firestone for months on end to make sure they protected their, their promised benefits that they never got. He, at the age of 18 and his two brothers had to leave the farm in 1929 during the Great Depression, when there were, were no grain for crops and no food for the eight children, uh, the the eight Rhodes children, and they they left to ride the rails across America. His stories about working for one dollar a day, with a noon meal thrown in, if they were lucky, sleeping in hobo camps along the way, drinking moonshine for survival riding the rails across America, then returning to the farm when they heard that the depression was over. All of these adventures were featured in a recent HBO documentary about the Great Depression of 1929, making him the man he was, a man of work that never swore in his family's presence, never drank in his family's presence, never wanted any management responsibility, and never worked and never missed work, the Iowa work ethic of old. Also, my being an entrepreneur in America and a small business owner, why would I venture into the buzzsaw of conventional wisdom dominated by political pundits who intellectually spout issues as facts and facts as no problems as the domain of the established big brotherhood Congress, big media, big tech, big box uh, companies and never putting forth the voice of the silent majority. Because CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, conservative radio, liberal leanings of the celebrities and universities are not reporting or accepting the facts that the depth or breadth, breadth of America's decline will sink the ship. They are in fact the beneficiaries of the hard-working enterprising majority You do not have a voice. However, all good things come to an end unless there is revitalization of the principles that got us here. So much of the three volumes of the American Enterprise Party are based on factual data and statistics clean over a number of years, as I wrote manuscripts regarding the need for political and government reform to ensure we worship enterprise rather than institutionalized money. Uh, This is a a poem from uh, my book, uh, The American Enterprise Manifesto. What's capitalism? My grandson, who will vote for the first time, asked me, what's capitalism? And I said, it's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon people's income and restores itself for growth and prosperity for all. What's socialism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon its followers and kills initiative, growth, and prosperity. What's communism? It's socioeconomics where the few feeds upon the remains of the many. What's fascism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds on fear and death. What's worldism it's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds the great enterprise for the greater good it can also be called humanism what's liberal it's socioeconomics where bigger government more laws and taxes feeds the few at the cost of the many what's conservative it's socioeconomics where smaller government fewer laws and taxes feeds the many at the direction of the few. What's centrist? It's socioeconomics where decentralized government, fewer taxes and laws, feeds the many, a third-party alternative that conserves what the few liberals, progressives, and conservatives waste. I call it the American Enterprise Party Pyramid. It supports downsizing governments and upsizing enterprise. It's socioeconomics where the new laws are limited to pass one and get rid of 10. Get rid of redundancy of regulations and and agencies between federal and state governments, reducing fixed overhead by 50%. Get rid of lifetime Supreme Court justices. Limit terms of Congress, Congressmen, legislative electri- electives as we have with the president and governors. Get rid of full-time career politicians and regulators. Get rid of patronage jobs and committee appointees at all levels of government. Get rid of tenure for public workers and officials. Get rid of nepotism and inheriting public office once held by a relative require every American who draws social security, workman's comp, disability, food stamps, pensions, Medicare, Medicaid will be involved in government for a minimum of two years. That's capitalism plus socialism, which equals enterprise, preventing communism, fascism, liberalism, conservatism, putting Work and at the center of GDP, GNP, you and me, is happy, healthy, and sharing in prosperity. It is the political party of humanism. Is it an issue or a problem? One of my biggest peeves in listening to the pundits and the media and even my children call uh, problems issues. If you look at the definition of issue, it's disagreement between two parties that needs to result in a compromise. Problem is different. It if if defined and analyze to find out what caused it, or it pursues a, a, a solution. So it does drive me crazy to hear problems called issues, because that's what the politicians have brainwashed us into doing, is treat everything as a disagreement that needs to be compromised, not a problem that needs to be solved. So this results effectively in the government using issues to create create problems for the rest of us to try to figure out and solve. So I'm going to go through this uh, comparison to uh, ask you, the listener, what your opinion is. My biggest problem is listening to everyone, including my family, calling a problem an issue. What's the difference anyway? Well, look at the definition of a problem a life-changing incident that needs to be avoided or solved by change with facts and resolution. And the definition of issue, a disagreement between two entities, human or otherwise, that that, uh, disagree on an argument affecting both parties and not requiring facts or a solution, just probably a compromise. In politics, since that's where such propaganda starts, the art of compromise is the justification for calling problems, issues, and reforms as the goal to go along to get along, and then put them into a committee or subcommittee and be tabled. Sam Rayburn was famous for teaching LBJ that he needed to go along to get along. And I like to say we need to get along to go along. If you want to get anywhere your way, go along to get along. In other words, fake the problem into an issue that doesn't require an action unless you decide it's a problem for your devised solution. Ah, that's what's happening in our country. With a gridlocked Congress, a frustrated society, and woke being the the word of the day to further corrupt rational thought So the followers are following followers into subservient conclusions. Following is my test of your preference as designated as a problem or an issue. Mine are based on our gridlock political system that isn't interested in solving problems. Just passing laws, instituting regulations that continue to erode our freedoms and cause social wars and cold wars, financial jeopardy and conflict despite our political party preference. Okay, guns in society, is that a problem or an issue? Well, I would call it a problem, but the real problem are the criminals, not the guns. Sex on TV, I call that a problem. That should be kept at home. If we're going to show everything on display, most people will be uh, disappointed or uh, depressed, I call it a problem. Vulgarity in our schools or in our culture, I call that a problem. That's not an issue. That's not a disagreement. It's a fact. Violence in our cities, problem. The gangs, thirty thousand gangs. We don't talk about them and the criminals that it, it uh, generates generates in the. Squalor of our inner cities, which need to have the Green New Deal applied to it, not some promises by Democratic mayors and governors, and also Republicans in smaller cities. Elimination of prayer in schools—it's not an issue, as far as I'm concerned. It's a problem. It's it's people's freedoms that we're eliminating. So yes, it's not just a disagreement. eliminating a freedom congress definitely a problem they're going nowhere to get nowhere they're not even going along to get along so we have to to have a third party that solves that problem federal and state budgets uh, diabolically a problem because none of these agencies or government entities are reporting the true depth of the swamp and the deficits and the debt. You need to go look at the debt clock and you'll finally realize all of this mumbo jumbo that they call issues between the two parties is uh, bankruptcy. So we need to have a third party that comes in and forces the use of generally accepted accounting principles. So we really know where we are because we don't. They show deficits or debt that are so fully understated it's scary. And China has realized their their government is going to have to be run on generally accepted accounting principles. Isn't that interesting? Our biggest opponent is getting ahead of us again. Taxes in 46 different categories. If you think that's an issue, then you, I guess you got a lot of money and don't pay any taxes. Yes, it's a problem, and we keep adding to that. You know, our latest uh, administration is is really going to uh, sink the ship, wanting to pass all of these uh, green new deals and uh, giveaways and say they're going to cover it with taxes. No, they're not covering anything with that. They can't even cover the interest on our current debt with taxes. It's all being generated by the print press of the Federal Reserve. Inflation and depression. Yeah, well, we, we, we have depression as a result of inflation, so it definitely is a problem. And during this pandemic and dumping Trump, we've created an environment where we're ignoring the cost of government and the cost of passing these horrendous pieces of legislation and giveaways uh, and have to print up the money to do it because it reduces the value of the dollar. And uh, the um, businesses have to increase their prices to be able to cover the increased cost of government. Government is 40% overhead on every business in this country. 22 million government workers with the best health care and the best pensions all written into law so we can't get them th- thrown out. Is the weak dollar in the world, is that a problem? <laughs> I would guess it's a problem because China wants its yuan or yen to be the reference currency and is doing everything they can to control what's gonna happen with cryptocurrency and bitcoins then we get to the real bottom line of problems is china and the book uh, all three volumes we compare ourselves with china at the, at the current time and in, in the future it's not an issue it's a, it's the biggest biggest problem we have culture of violence i consider it to be uh, a problem when you go back and look at minneapolis and George Floyd and, and all of the protests that escalated automatically into riots and the devastation and destruction caused by that versus what they accused Trump of is causing the worst thing that ever happened in uh, January 6th, and threw him out. Now I'm not saying I'm a big Trump supporter. I would take a humble Donald, Donald Trump anytime but the one we got is not the one we need disinformation and fake media of course any dictator wants to to control the disinformation and fake media and that's what we have with big government big brother and the big big brotherhood are going to continue to feed, to deprive us of freedom of speech and disseminate disinformation and fake news just go read uh, Orwell's 1984 if you want to see where America's headed. Freedom of speech yeah well, you know Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, the tech giants as they want to be called, but they all they are is service companies, advertising companies. Now tell us what we can say on their on their platforms and if we don't say it their way, we can't say it. We, we're not allowed to say it. Um, Supreme Court, is it a problem that we have nine where on a standoff of uh, the uh, one vote is a swing vote? It's always been set up to be uh, opposition, to be able to arrive at the right decision. So it certainly isn't an issue. And if you're gonna pack the court, you're still gonna have to have an odd number and the games will continue to be played with the court. It shouldn't be lifetime. They should have term limits, and we should be voting for those people. Voting irregularity, not controlling the vote. By controlling is to make sure that they are legitimate legal voting. I don't believe this last result was a, a process of legal voting. It couldn't be. Anybody with any sense of logic other than the Democrats that wanted to throw Trump out could ever conceive of this guy that is now our president would be chosen. after he had his lousy campaign, he and his vice president uh, and their first hundred days in office will prove that it was a, a, a illegal voting process by mailing out and mailing in. Americans health and welfare definitely a problem. You know the life expectancy is going down the first time ever. Our uh, population is fatter and more unhealthy than ever. We're not lean and green anymore. We're lean and mean. Uh, We're talking about being lean and green, which is going to deprive all of us of any of our lifestyle and and past uh, successes. Green New Deal should be invested in the inner cities and clean them up so they can start taking away. We can take away the excuses of why they don't graduate from high school or have families or or have small businesses in their neighborhoods. Um, let's, let's let's analyze the whole problem, not just half of it. It's not a white supremacist, racist problem. It is the problem of our society having to deal with helping, rather than depriving two-party politics wow it is a sadistic problem because what we have is one party we don't have two parties and even the founders of our constitution which is is ignored most of the time by these two parties uh, warned us against it becoming one party one government under one public bureau we're, we, we've passed through the Marxist 10 planks to get rid of capitalism. It's not capitalism we wouldn't get rid of. We're throwing the baby out with the bathwater because the other, other part of an enterprise is social. It's society staffing the the, uh, the workplace that the capitalists have set up. The only reason we've ever had to have unions, and this, this doesn't seem to work out, is that there, there wasn't a sharing program going on to share with the wealth. Right now, one percent of the society owns ninety percent of the of the assets, and the other one percent, I guess it's sixty percent they own and the other one percent owns forty percent of the of the uh, assets. So capitalism, socialism, party, or political party affiliation, Uh, To me, those are not problems. They're issues between the two factions. And they will drag it out and table it until we all forget about it. And that's what we could do with reforms and uh, debate. Filibuster, just another technique to keep the one party in control. What's your religion? That's an issue between you and... You're whoever you believe in. What's your favorite color? And that's an issue. It's not a problem because it's your opinion. All of these are your opinion. You're a terrible parent, it's an opinion. You probably are, but anyway, it's an issue. It's a problem for your family, that's for sure. Your kids are unruly, same deal. You know, it's really an issue between you and your kids which has resulted in a problem because you aren't willing to establish some more than a compromise. Your husband is running around, same thing. He's he's a problem for you or you're a problem from him, but it's an issue that, that festered into a problem. I don't like your hair, that could have been part of it. I don't like your dress. These are just things that are disagreements, not really a problem uh, seeking a specific solution. It's really seeking a compromise, and hopefully then that will be the solution. My point is we are we as the enterprising Americans who pay all the bills for the wealthy individuals and corporations are being lied to by using the word issue whenever we know it's a problem, needing a solution. We all have a problem. Dealing with solutions. They're hard. They take some pain. To get a resolution. I always looked at. A resolution. Minus religion. Equals. You no. Know, uh, uh, reason. Minus religion. Equals resolution. We always have religion thrown in there. And throw things out of whack. If you feel this way. Stand up for a real third party that represents you as a swing vote in Congress and legislatures across America to unlock the gridlock for the betterment of all Americans by solving our um, person, solving our collective problems is what I was trying to say, personal or otherwise. Right now, I think it's all become personal because we don't agree with our leadership one way or the other. That could be Trump or Biden, or in the past other effective or ineffective presidents. In my opinion, a president needs to be a salesman of some type, selling ideas that can be picked up as, problems and then th- and then solutions proposed for those problems. It's all a process of leadership. In my experience of leadership has been relegated to having my own businesses and having to learn how to lead, not just say I'm managing people. People manage themselves. So after much experience, I found out how you can like a team environment typically accomplishes if you're a winner, to get everybody working for uh, the common objective or goal, and that's to, to score and win. And when you do that, then everyone is happy. There isn't any one individual that's going to be happier than the rest, but there are some that are getting more from that than the rest, and that's America. It's not a, you know, an equal sum of take from one and, and you, or you give to one, you take from another. It's not an equal sum formula, and it never should be, because our free enterprise is not free. It's a free market for enterprise of supply and demand to seek its own levels and to solve its own problems, not have government over-regulate it and kill it. That is the biggest message, I think, that the American Enterprise Party, and I use Manifesto in my first book, and I use it in the second volume, to be able to lay out a uh, way, a way to convert from uh, where we're going, which I think is, is towards um, totalitarianism to involving more and more people in the governing process. So we get more ideas, we get more solutions and it it improves the, and levels the the playing field because everybody can compete for those positions. So for now, that's the message. Uh, I also give you my thought on, used to be the the comment would be you'd say something and somebody say, oh, no problem now they say no worries. I mean, why not just not even offer up a a response? You know, we have worries, we have problems. So maybe we should just say, um, what's your solution? And that would be a way to get some conversation going on something productive. So for now, that's the American Enterprise message. Over now. This is a poem by Jerry Rhodes, The Principles of Humanism. The golden rule, those with the goal shall rule, is to be replaced by those with common sense have the human votes to rule. The rest are billy goats spouting racism, socialism, capitalism, fascism, fascism ism, ism, isms, when all we want is humanism. The complexities of our world The battles for flags unfurled. Is there simplicity there that can explain how to have happiness in spite of pain? Is it so hard to know, not why, but how to grow? Does it have to be deciphered by the professors of Harvard and Yale, turning the glow of life to a confused pale? Why does it have to be so hard? Why is it scientific to count cases without regard? Or success dependent upon the turning of a card nay that's only the human's way wanting to impress to assume the power and control the press rather than giving a simple yes we pull it through the complexity the cloak of complexity watering it down with ingenuity until there's no such thing as purity no such thing as the ease of an undeniable truth and the uncast shadow of youth that merely assumes that we have to live through monsoons and shouldn't have to control the weather or recreate the aerobics of a feather it's not necessary to multiply divide and carry for the sake of making it hard till jokers are wild holding the wild card with common sense and goodwill lost to the complexities of nonsense and hell, while the soothsayers spout and the intellectuals pout about politics, climate, change, terrorists, and all other indefinable events by referring everything to an algorithm or an evangelical hymn to make sure, once again, that a trump card doesn't win. The other cards on the deck dumbing down the electorate make transparency after they inspect and keeping public opinion in check with political talk of now listen, listen up, Listen up while we corrupt. Free health care is a right, with costs out of sight. It's an issue, not a problem. Now listen up. Are you deaf and dumb? It's God's will for right to life, or right to choose. Black lives matter. White lives matter more. Police no more. It's a pandemic agenda of fear. Bend the curve, or death to America is near. Prayer out of the schools free college tuition for fools the way to debate away the country's fate unlimited minimum wage is our mission maximum wage is an evil invention public officials are above reproach the president's a lousy coach white supremacy must be erased attacking history with statues debased marching for a peaceful cause is gone take it even though it's wrong it's the media's fault that injustice is a, injustice is a mess and our forefathers reparation must invest read my lips it's a culture of violence vulgarity and excess while the aclu says let the flag burn and there's no need to stand up for the anthem or fort bragg and our sports Celebrities and billionaires demand respect for the excesses they expect. With a Congress divided by two parties, but frozen by one sin, it takes money to win. Driven by gridlock, faking a goal that they covet America's soul. What happened to common everyday horse sense, sharing of our wealth that's gambled away on dollars and nonsense? Oh, for the forties and fifties when a dollar was gold, and patriotism never grew old purchasing votes with good old common sense c-e-n-t-s instead of debt bitcoins and fingerprints doing away with all those isms with the principles of humanism today we shall rise and tear down that wall of violence vulgarity and excess with a nonviolent culture of love and peaceful coexistence with justice and freedom for all, for divided we will fall. From the book, The American Enterprise Manifesto, proposing a third party uh, of humanism. This segment uh, is about something that comes close to my heart and my head. It seems nowadays everything is an issue. We don't seem to drill down into the root of the problem. And uh, I'm a great fan of the uh, Chicago Tribune, uh, particularly on Sunday. That's where I learn so much about what I'm going to go into, but also foreign affairs. On the front page of last Sunday's uh, Tribune, July 26, 2020, uh, front page, was disinvestment is rooted in policy. Black, Latino communities are still negatively impacted. I'm gonna read from this, the introduction to this article. It's an oft-quoted statistic. White families have significantly more wealth than non-white families in America, nearly 10 times that of black families. The racial wealth gap continues to greatly impact the differences in opportunity and access from long-term health outcomes of a global pandemic to education and income levels, to what happens when a business doesn't make enough money. Wealth inequality exists primarily because of legal, federal, and local policies that prioritize white wealth, says Darlene Hightower, vice president at Rice University's Community Healthy Equity Office. When you're thinking, I quote, when you're thinking about why white wealth is preserved and protected and black wealth isn't, I think it's just our our origin story, like in superhero movies. She said, I think our country has an origin story and it is built on, well, it says here racism, um, racist policies, oppression, and white privilege when she, I think she's trying to say supremacy. It's an origin, origin story we can't seem to get beyond. And then it goes into redlining which were ways that the blacks were kept from expanding into the white suburbs. But the more important part of this article is, uh, it's rooted in policy. And Chicago is a city that's divided. It's divided in the, in the white suburbs in northern part of Cook County, and in the southern part, of Cook County resides majority black Hispanic census tracts. Uh, A city divided. Although the total percentage of Chicago's population is black, Hispanic, and white is similar, the areas where these folks live are very different. The demographics of Chicago show a city split into separate areas. The map below shows census tracts where there is a majority of one race or ethnicity, and it's so dramatic that if you want to pull that, that edition of the newspaper, there is definitely a, uh, the other side of the tracks, south of the tracks, north of the tracks. Chicago demographics, white, 33 and a third percent, 900,000. Black, twenty nine percent, around eight hundred thousand. Hispanic, twenty nine percent, right around eight hundred thousand. Asians, six point six percent, two hundred thousand. And other, uh, less than a hundred <clears> thousand. The impacts on wealth, the long-term effects of limiting property ownership impact wealth and income in Chicago today, and probably in every major city in the country I'm adding that black Americans are less likely to get first-time home loans and the percentage of black Chicagoans under the poverty line is more than five times that of white Chicagoans percent of housing units occupied by the owner this comes from uh, statistics in Chicago 2018 white owners 48 percent black 22 percent Hispanic 22 a little over 22 percent percentage of approved first-time home loans this was Illinois 2017 79 percent white 12 percent white uh, black median incomes uh, adults over 18 Chicago 2018 whites uh, right around 89 thousand blacks 34 thousand Hispanics 48 thousand. Then there are the impacts on education. The discrepancy between generational wealth in white and non-white families means that, among the other touted resources that improve one's life, a college education isn't easily obtained if you're not white. Percent of schools with increasing enrollments from 2014 to 2020, white-majority schools, 73%, black-majority schools, 18% Hispanic majority schools 23% percent with bachelor's degrees adults over 18 Chicago 2018 statistics white 64% black 21% Hispanics uh, about 17% percent unemployed for 16 and older Chicago 2018 statistics white 3.8 3.8%, Black 15.3%, Hispanics 8.7%. Impacts on business investment. The system of neighborhood investment shaped by redlining affects businesses and food choices presented to the residents of these neighborhoods. Limited access to healthy foods. Chicago Statistics 2015. White 14%, black 32%, Hispanic 12%. Percent of receiving food stamps households in, includes those on SNAP, which are the food stamps um, program, Chicago 2018 statistics. White 11%, black 60%, Hispanics 23%. Percent of U.S. businesses by owner race ethnicity. Chicago Metro Area 2016. White, 73%. Black, 2%. Hispanic, 7%. Impacts on health. Latino Chicagoans are more than twice as likely to be uninsured than their white counterparts. But this is only where the discrepancies begin. A lack of incentives for incentives for clinics and pharmacies to open means that getting medicine or treatment can be very dif- different—a very different process depending on where you live. Percent uninsured, Sh- Chicago, 2018 statistics: White, 17 percent; Black, 29 percent; Hispanic, 47 percent. Preventable hospitalizations per 100,000 people chicago's 2017 statistics white 112 blacks 300 hispanics 170 and with the uh, pandemic it's probably even more skewed life expectancy chicago 2017 statistics white 80 black 71 hispanic 79 Uh, so you know looking at this in a Uh, under a microscope to try to drill down to the root of the problems. I think you can take that and lay that template across every city, major city in the country, and you're going to get some more results. So, if that's the problem, what are we going to do about it? And that's what this this, um, podcast is all about. Uh, I've got some... Thoughts of my own, of what I call My America, which is a poem from my uh, poetry book of The Eighth Wonder of the World. There are some other poems about my vision of the world and, again, drilling down into where we uh, need to start solving the problem. This This is not an issue between political parties. This is what I would call a pursuit of humanism. It's not racism, fascism, socialism, capitalism, ism, ism, isms. This whole thing is about humanism. So I also have a presentation on that. So I hope you enjoy this uh, this uh, podcast. This is a poem I wrote for the book The American Enterprise Manifesto is called Inflation, Deflation, Stagnation. Simple economics is never simple. It's an imposing dimple. So keep it simple, Simon, or suffer an infested pimple. Inflation It's paying more and getting less. I see it when I pass the gas station. I see it when I get my spendable ration I see it when I see it when I read about the nation more inflation getting less and wanting less I can't view it with elation nor can I understand its creation but I'm suffering from its impregnation more inflation they say it's an expectant economy's gestation a dollar-chasing frustration, and government spending sensation in the name of a political indigestion. Less inflation. Maybe it's just the result of my faulty expectation that my welfare check comes from excess taxation and my personal accounts don't contribute to stagnation a pri- a pregnant economy due to excess consumption and not managing the business gestation with a buying and borrowing obsession. Which means it's our personal responsibility to manage our business and affairs for maximum return. So government doesn't destroy initiative just to be taxed for what we earn. Deflation. A pregnant economy due to excess consumption and not managing the business gestation with a buying and borrowing obsession, which means it's our personal responsibility to manage our enterprise and affairs for maximum return, so government doesn't destroy initiative just for what we used to earn. What does GNP mean? It means growth was good, nation was strong, profits were earned. Now, GDP, government can't save us, dollar value is down, plunging us into endless debt. Deflation is primarily due to the Federal Reserve monetary policies and interference with member bank discount rates, sinking the subprime markets and the value of the dollar. So now we get to stagnation, spending less and getting less quality is when the government gives away too much, controls lives with a tax crunch, telling everyone what they should eat at lunch and runs everything on on an academic hunch. It is when the debt service becomes an excessive burden on the cost of producing products and services for a profit and the government jobs make GDP grow even though it adds nothing to cash flow. Inflation, deflation, stagnation. The imminent demise of a nation is time for a reorganization. Elect someone with a business reputation where the capitalist is the beast, the socialist is the least, the worker is the yeast, the consumer is the feast. Then it's time for a third party, the American Enterprise Party. The swing vote party that pulls the two-party extremes towards the middle, and let the laissez-faire market decide the ride by bringing together the capital and worker for liberty and opportunity for all to decide to save the American dream. This is a poem by Jerry Rhodes, The Principles of Humanism. The golden rule, those with the goal shall rule, is to be replaced by those with common sense have the human votes to rule the rest are billy goats spouting racism socialism capitalism fascism fascism, ism ism isms when all we want is humanism the complexities of our world the battles for flags unfurled is there simplicity there that can explain how to have happiness in spite of pain is it so hard to know Not why, but how to grow? Does it have to be deciphered by the professors of Harvard and Yale, turning the glow of life to a confused pale? Why does it have to be so hard? Why is it scientific to count cases without regard, or success dependent upon the turning of a card? Nay, that's only the human's way, wanting to impress, to assume the power and control the press rather than giving a simple yes we pull it through the complexity the cloak of complexity watering it down with ingenuity until there's no such thing as purity no such thing as the ease of an undeniable truth and the uncast shadow of youth that merely assumes that we have to live through monsoons and shouldn't have to control the weather or recreate the aerobics of a feather it's not necessary to multiply, divide, and carry for the sake of making it hard, till jokers are wild, holding the wild card. With common sense and goodwill, lost to the complexities of nonsense and hell, while the soothsayers spout and the intellectuals pout about politics, climate, change, terrorists, and all other indefinable events, by referring everything to an algorithm or an evangelical hymn to make sure once again that a trump card doesn't win. The other cards on the deck dumbing down the electorate make transparency after they inspect and keeping public opinion in check with political talk of, now listen, listen up, listen up while we corrupt. Free healthcare is a right with costs out of sight. It's an issue, not a problem. Now listen up, are you deaf and dumb? It's God's will for right to life or right to choose. Black lives matter, white lives matter more. Police no more. It's a pandemic agenda of fear. Bend the curve or death to America is near. Prayer out of the schools, free college tuition for fools. The way to debate away the country's fate. Unlimited minimum wage is our mission. Maximum wage is an evil invention. Public officials are above reproach. The president's a lousy coach. White supremacy must be erased, attacking history with statues debased. Marching for a peaceful cause is gone. Take it even though it's wrong. It's the media's fault that injustice is a mess, and our forefathers' reparation must invest. Read my lips. It's a culture of violence, vulgarity, and excess. While the ACLU says, let the flag burn, and there's no need to stand up for the anthem or Fort Bragg. And our sports celebrities and billionaires demand respect for the excesses they expect. With a Congress divided by two parties, but frozen by one sin, it takes money to win. Driven by gridlock, faking a goal, that they covet America's soul. What happened to common everyday horse sense, sharing of our wealth that's gambled away on dollars and nonsense? Oh, for the forties and fifties when a dollar was gold and patriotism never grew old. Purchasing votes with good old common sense, C-E-N-T-S, instead of debt, bitcoins, and fingerprints, doing away with all those isms with the principles of humanism. Today, we shall rise and tear down that wall of violence, vulgarity, and excess with a nonviolent culture of love and peaceful coexistence with justice and freedom for all. For divided, we will fall. From the book, the American Enterprise Manifesto, proposing a third party Uh, of humanism